This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. This segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms that you need to call an attorney, John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can go to his website, DillonLawGP.com. Well, hey, folks, cover your ASP, A-S-P week. Tickets are on sale today, and they are running out, so you better hurry. If you're a San Diego, Riverside, San Bernardino, or even an Orange County gun owner member, check your email for discount codes. And make sure you sign up before December 4th when the early bird discount goes away. Links to register are at the gunownersradio.com website. Training, training, training. We can't get enough of it. That's right. December 4th is right around the corner. So, Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah. More than you know. I mean, I can't believe January is now. That's what I was thinking the other day. Now it's almost December. Yeah, right. How many more shopping days? I don't even know. Man, got the lights up today. Uh, looking for a tree, I'm thinking now. Cause, um, We're out in the forest. Well, you know, I was noticing, <laughs> yeah, but they got to be particular trees. You know? Oh, and, uh, he's a picky guy. But the um, I noticed the tree lots, though, look really sparse. I don't know if that's my imagination or if that's a COVID reaction, if they're not if they're not ordering a lot of trees because they don't think people are going to buy them. Well, or... actually, uh, what I read online is that they're starting to lose supplies of trees because pi- people are buying so many of them, actually. so <laughs> wow. Trees and toilet paper, yeah. Oh, I think I'd rather use toilet paper. <laughs> so, is, there's 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 a bump on, on, on tree, on Christmas tree buying? Is that what you're saying? There's yeah, some... yeah, on a live Christmas tree buying, actually. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah. everybody's home. I, I guess that makes sense. They're all missing the outdoors, and this is like the one part of the outdoors they can actually get. You know, <laughs> you could See, bring indoors. Hey? I keep, I keep trying. I try to get Lord. I want to buy like four or five of them, put them in the uh, living room, and then we just go camping right in our living room. Yeah, how great would that be? Your cats would love it. <laughs> you know where your cats would end up? Yeah, in the trees. In the trees. She won't oh, do that. My. She said that's quote unquote ridiculous. Yeah. You're the one that puts that down every time she makes a post. <laughs> I read your stuff, and I, I kind of agree with you. but hey, I don't lot, Lots s- of great ideas start off ridiculous. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, there's, that, there's something to be said for that as well. So it's been a kind of a crazy week. Yeah. Little, little. I mean, Joel Anderson is still. He's still holding on. 7,000 votes left to How count. How long does it take to count 7,000 votes? I don't know. I, I would you want think, to go down and help him? Yeah. I, hopefully they were, you know, just eating turkey and counting votes, but uh, still has 7,000. Although, it, it here's the thing. It, you know, and I've said this before. It seems like it's taking longer this year because there are so many close races. 
Um, this is how long it usually takes. And there are a lot of provisional ballots, so maybe yeah. that tacked on a little bit more time. Yeah. But it's right around this time, right around the first week of December, mm-hmm. um, you get some kind of notification that says they finally counted all the votes. Yeah. But, but they're never – like, you know, Dustin Trotter, we had him on last uh, right. uh, last week, and he's holding on by seven votes. Uh, Joel Anderson pulled ahead. He's holding yeah, on by something. about – Yeah, 200 – 250 yeah, something, something like that like votes that. and um yeah it's so that, that's why it's just we're hyper focused on yeah 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 well you know it's just i think we just all want it to go away i think we i think that's absolutely right yeah, just get get it in be done with it let's move on yeah yeah but san diego county gunners we had a we had a good election cycle we got a bunch of people elected yeah. you know there were some heartbreakers that we didn't win but there were some important ones that uh, looks like we did win and uh you know so yeah. we're, we're super happy about so did you have a good thanksgiving did. i just have to ask i had an okay thanksgiving <laughs> did you yeah i was i actually had a this is so ridiculous i sound like i'm eight years old i had an upset stomach all Aww. day on thanksgiving i know that's the Aww. worst day of the year out of all the days out of the year <laughs> but i have to say i did think about you and uh joe joe his name's joe i know Friday, <laughs> I watched John Wick 1. Oh, nice. Saturday, I watched John Wick 2. Nice. And when I go home tonight, because I found out, I didn't know it, but I rented John Wick 1 because I didn't you know, I didn't have it saved for $2.99 on, on my cable service. And they gave me two, and they gave me three. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I don't know. I haven't got to three yet, uh, even though I've seen it 12 times. I'm a John Wick fan. I'm sorry. I, I can I can see why those those make you think of Michael. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you watch? Do you like John Wick? I, I've seen them. Yeah. I didn't ask you that. I said, did you like it? <laughs> they're okay. They're oh, okay. they're the best. Are you kidding? <laughs> we should. I've been, we should start doing uh, Second Amendment movie reviews. Don't yes. You I've seriously. Red Dawn. Here we go. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. That's oh. the most pro two yeah. A movie. Yes, indeedy. So yeah, we. I really. There are so many good pro Second Amendment movies. So many good gun movies out there. But I don't know. Yeah, well, I know we should do for twenty twenty one. You heard it here first. Twenty twenty one. We're going to roll out pro Second Amendment <laughs> movie reviews. Hey, we give that to Sam the Gunman. Yeah, it's, you know that's not a bad idea. I bet you he knows everything there is to know about Second Amendment or gun movies. I how often do you? I find myself. I'll watch any movie and any gun in any movie. I'm immediately distracted. Okay, well, what is that? I know. I you know. <laughs> that's what's so bad about John Wick when he's at the store and he's. Yeah. He's getting all, he's okay. What do we have for dessert? And, you know, and he's naming off, you know, the Benelli. For some reason, that Benelli, I just really like that. Benelli. It's good looking, right? It really is a good looking guy. All of them were good looking guys. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Well, I mean, Benelli's got to figure it out. They yeah. have, uh, their their shotguns are awesome. I actually fell in love uh, last week with a, I think, I think my next shotgun's going to be a side by side. Really? Yeah, double barrel side by side. The old school, huh? Yeah, old school. No kidding. I was out shooting sporting clays, and one of the one of the pullers had one. Well, no, I was using it actually all all week. I was using somebody else's, but one of the pullers called it uh, railroad tracks. I, I got a kick out of that. That's, I'm like, that's you know interesting. Yeah. I'm getting a side by side, and I'm calling it that's railroad right. tracks. So, what are you reviewing today, Hollywood? Nothing today. We had oh. a um. Uh, well, we were going to do the um the recover recover tactical. I think it is the uh, the brace. And um, I wanted to wrap it up and do a little more on it on Friday, but we had a red flag warning up there in your neighborhood. and um, A fire? Yeah, that's what they said. They it closed, was in Hopatula Valley. They closed the rain. Well, there wasn't a fire. There was a red flag 
warning for oh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So the range was closed. So I couldn't do what oh, I wanted to do. I don't know. Yeah, I heard about it, but it, it didn't materialize. We didn't have the Santa Ana winds that they thought. Yeah, and that's because it was cool. It was like 70 degrees. <laughs> it was the wind is what they were worried about. But was, um, Yeah, we had light winds. So that, that disrupted my plan. Because so my we'll, car covers we'll are still week. on. So. Today's <laughs> a, a show of, of, of guests. We have a bunch of interviews. What do you got? Uh, David Brown from the Shooters Union Australia. Mm. Everybody knows how popular gun ownership is in Australia. We're going to talk to an actual Australian wow. and uh, get the scoop. Perry Yee from Active Valor. Uh, Active Valor is a uh, veterans group. They do all kinds of really cool stuff for Gold Star families, which we're cool. going to talk a lot about. Joe is going to do. Uh, he's going to talk about his uh, Thanksgiving blog, which was very, very, very cool. I how really to enjoyed cook turkey. Reading. Yeah, exactly. Cool. He's going to talk turkey. He's going to talk turkey. Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> and then Julie, uh, Julie, I hope I get her last name right. Julie Golub, right? Somebody? Yes. Julie Golub is going to, we've had her on before and she's going to come on and talk about. Everybody's bobbing their heads. Yeah, a bunch of cool stuff that she's, she's a great interview. And then of course, Sam the Gunman. All right. We're going to well, stump on this time. In my second hour this morning, I did a whole hour on the American Legion. Oh, wow. How to join. You know, that you can either join it or go as a guest. And, yeah, so I was given a whole hour to American Legion 258. That's cool. Where's 258? Alpine. And they're going to have a steak dinner Friday night, a 12 or 16-ounce ribeye oh. with all the fixings for 18 bucks. Wow. <laughs> you had me at 16-ounce. It's so good. It's <sighs> the best I've ever seen. What do you, what do you have to do? You just you have to be a member? Or no, you, you just have to pay money. I can do that. Just make a phone call. Order a steak, and then you, you can get it to go, or you can eat it there. That's Friday? Next, this coming Friday. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing wow. that for a while, haven't they? Yeah, but it's man, like I, I went there and had one. Ooh, baby, it's it's on They on do it every Friday? First Friday of every month. Oh, okay. But they have a complete, every, everything's home cooked. I mean, they do, I mean, I try to get them to post it more so people know, because I'd go there. I mean, for their prices are stupid cheap. I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's a good cause. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense in those horrible red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com. Or you can call them direct at 469 310 9100. So, you our next guest is down under, as That's the old right. saying goes. That's exactly right. We have it's uh, his name's David Brown from the Shooters Union Australia. The Shooters Union Australia, uh, their purpose is to be the leading national advocate in support of the legitimate use of firearms for sporting, recreational, and occupational purposes in Australia. David, are you there? Yes, good morning or afternoon or good yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. You are in the future for sure. <laughs> All the above. Yeah, it's four it's four twenty. It's four twenty in the afternoon here. What time is it there? Uh, it's ten quarter past ten in the morning tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> I just thinking it's you you guys are a bit brave. You're in the San Diego area and you're playing the song 
that was rather synonymous with maybe a little country down in the South Pacific stealing a sailing cup or something. There was some <laughs> little mug that you used to. <laughs> oh, back, back in the eighties, back in back in the eighties, it was sort of stolen off Dennis Connor, and I think, well, you're, you're brave playing that music, but anyway. <laughs> I think Brandon did that. I think Brandon did that for you. If I'm not a not 100 percent sure, but that's what he does like to Very do. Very good. So, how's it going down oh, there, well. sir? Well, going well. We're coming into a nice warm summer, and uh, you know, we well, I live in a part of Australia, uh, Brisbane in Queensland, which is not dissimilar to your part of the world. You know, on the Pacific, warm summers, mild winters, and uh, yeah, we're coming into summer and. Looking forward to getting up to the farm and shooting some clays and mm. and uh, you know just generally kicking back for the, the Christmas break. There you go. That's awesome. So I want to lay some context for Shooters Union Australia. Um, you, uh, I was just looking at the website. It says you exist to support all legitimate users of firearms, whether for sporting, recreation, or occupational purposes, by advocating for sensible firearms regulation. Uh, the provision of education about firearms and supporting shooters seeking to vindicate their rights through political and legal uh, processes. Uh, and then you go on to the website goes on to talk about uh, some of your key messages, um, which are have to do with safety, education, regulation, anti stigmatization, and then legislation. And your message, of course, you guys are, are way behind. I, we have a lot of room to talk here in California, but you guys are way behind the eight ball when it comes to gun ownership. And this is a, what I would say, a very uh, kind of a very reasonable mainstream uh, approach. Uh, a lot of what you talk about is not necessarily getting rid of laws, but updating them um, and, um, uh, you know, trying to make them more manageable for for law-abiding, sane, trained gun owners in Australia. Is that is that a fairly Correct. accurate uh, portrayal? Yeah, I think if we look historically, um, if you go back prior to Port Arthur, which at the time was the biggest firearm murders um, committed around the world before the one in uh, Europe a few years back. Um, prior to that, Australia was a lot like the US. There was no licensing or there was limited licensing. Um, as, as a kid, I remember going into what we call Kmart, a bit like your Walmart. You could buy Ruger 1022s and pump-action shotguns and, you know, ammo. And it was, it was just not dissimilar to, say, the central west or the southern parts of the United States in terms of there was really not much in the way of firearm laws and regulations. And then we had an anomaly in statistical terms and a knee-jerk reaction. And, you know, there was shock around the world and how could it possibly happen here in Australia? So then the knee-jerk reaction uh, allowed for some pretty, I would call them draconian and ridiculous laws um, to be implemented with the aim of improving firearm safety in the community. Now, to that end, I would have to say it's an epic fail hmm. because if you look at if you look at firearm deaths in Australia, and I did some study on this, I pulled government data, it's not opinion, it's just data, from say 1997, from where the laws really kicked in, through to 2017, so 20 year period, you would have to agree with the anti-gun lobby and say, yes, 
things got radically better over that 20-year period. But if you're going to be intellectually honest, you've got to compare that, say, with the previous 20 years, and you'd think that would be a fair thing to do. So when you look at the previous 20 years, you actually see the same rate of decline on the graph, which was hardly affected. In fact, there was, just after 96, there was an uptake, but I would call that an anomaly and not take advantage of that. But the rate of change in the decline of firearm deaths in Australia was quite considerable, but it was consistent over 40 years. And then the curious mind says, well, what about New Zealand? You know, it's a similar country just next door. It's only a few million people, five million people or something. But the same change over the same 40-year period. And you think, well, our laws didn't apply in New Zealand, so how did that happen? So then you get curious and say, well, what about Canada? You know, another sort of Commonwealth country, same rate of decline. In fact, if you use a, you know, a HB pencil with these lines, now you're starting to run into trouble telling which one is which. Hmm. And then just to upset the Andes, I plotted the US chart. And what do you think that looked like? Well, lo and behold, your decline in firearm deaths was much the same about as the same. Australia's, New Zealand's and Canada's. About the same. If you did it in a pencil, same colour, can't tell, you know, the lines all sort of cross over each other and you, you can't be sure which one's which. So maybe our gun laws were so wonderful that they retrospectively went back 20 years and fixed the statistics, not only here, but New Zealand, Canada and the US. I'm saying John Howard must have been an absolute genius. <laughs> so my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. There you go. So so just to kind of recap what, what, you, what you were just explaining, um, you looked at when you look at statistics of uh, deaths in Australia where a firearm was was used, um, and this is I'm assuming for you know it could be criminal, it could be defensive, it could be accidental, but any kind yeah. of death where a gun was used, um, there was a steady suicides suicides. There was a steady decline yeah. for 20 years prior to these horrible laws they put in place, and that decline continued after the the laws were in place. Uh, meaning that there Correct. probably was no no causation, no meaningful change. No. Wow. Yeah, it probably it probably had a bit of an effect on suicide by firearm, but suicides, generally speaking, if you can't have access to firearms, they'll use something else, and mm -hmm. if they can't have access to something else, they'll use something else again. So you would say that, and, and that look in the US, I think the firearm death rate. Suicide is probably, and I've not checked this, but it's probably a lot higher than it is here. But in general, around the world, you'd have to look at, say, Japan, where there's hardly any firearms in private hands, and that suicide rate's through the roof. So It's enormous. You know, the anti-firearm, uh, as I call them, the anti-firearm extremists, know no bounds at manipulating, you know, honest statistics to tell a mischievous story. And so, you know, we're no different, you're no different. In fact, some parts of Californian law is way more ridiculous than here in Australia. That's I mean, actually the restrictions. That that's the next place I wanted to go. Is um, to, you know, sure. we we see in in America, we see a lot of memes, pictures, and you know, um, very short articles, uh, little little tidbits of Australia. It's usually like this this huge, massive you know crate full of guns, or maybe it's a steamroller destroying guns, something like that. Um, what is the actual situation when it comes to firearms ownership in Australia? And, and first, before you talk about 
what happens or what you have to go through now. What exactly happened when firearms ownership changed so drastically um, with all the laws after is it Port Port Arthur, right? Is that the name of it? That's right. Yeah, the Port Arthur massacre. Okay, so what so, exactly terms, happened after that? Okay, so what happened? They implemented. Now, understanding this was a plan that was hatched by bureaucrats ten so years prior. It wasn't like John Howard, the Prime Minister at the time, plucked this out of nowhere. The bureaucrats had been planning it and looking for an opportunity. But basically what it required was licensing. It required you to demonstrate a genuine reason for some firearms and a genuine need for, say, semi-automatic rifles and things. So genuine uh, reason would be, I want to shoot sporting clays, therefore I get a, a long arms license, let's call it, and I can have rifles and you know, bolt-action rifles, pump-action rifles. I can have um, over-under shotguns for shooting, you know, duck hunting or shooting clays or whatever. That's all okay. Um, handguns, your genuine reason is you participate in sporting competitions like IPSC or any of these sort of more traditional Olympic disciplines. And then there's sort of a, a more professional category, if you want to call it that, an occupational category where farmers and feral pest controllers. So we too have a, a hog population problem and we shoot them out of Robinson helicopters with AR-10s and uh, SLRs and styres and what have you with red dots. I mean, that does happen here, but that's an occupational use. And therefore, if you want to have an AR-10 or an AR-15 in this country, you'll need to have an occupational reason and they send you through all sorts of hoops to have one. But... Mm. Prior, prior to 96, um, there was semi-automatic rifles. Uh, every second shed would have had a 1020 Ruger 1022. Um, in fact, just to make the mockery of it, the government today thinks there's about 250,000, would you believe, 250,000 illicit firearms or unregistered firearms. We know from the numbers of the crates that you talk about that probably only two or 300,000 semi-automatic and pump uh, shotguns and semi-automatic shotguns were handed in, as it were, but there was well north of probably a million and a half of them sold in this country, so there's probably still a million unregistered firearms here that the government doesn't know about, and guess what? They're not hurting anybody either. Right. Well, you know, David, so, they don't, they, they, you know, even if they knew, they wouldn't want to say that, because then they would act like as if they're not in control. Hey, hang out with us if you can. We're going to take a quick break. Got to pay some bills. And we'll be right back. This is Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the California assault weapon law makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What is the solution? Well, you can buy a Cali key for your rifle. Cali key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle. 
so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check them out today at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, we're bringing David Brown back again. He's with Shooters Union Australia, and we've been talking about the kind of comparisons between Australia and California. And you had a question, Mike. So, okay, so we were talking about uh, what you can and can't own in Australia. What uh, if, if and you said basically you have to have a reason, you have to have an occupational reason, you have to have some kind of of uh, legitimate reason for owning different types of firearms. So if I just said, hey, I want a semi-automatic, hand, you know, nine millimeter Glock. Um, because I want to be able to defend myself outside of the home. Is is that in the realm of possibility in Australia? Um, no, in short. Uh, the police are allowed to have semi-auto Glocks in 40 cal for their personal defence, of course, um, but the citizens, not so much. So uh, it, it really does your head in when you think that, you know, we have the right to defend ourselves, but only with what we have available. So that could be a paperclip. Um, you know, you could use a firearm legitimately if it was available, but you can't have that firearm for the purpose of self-defense. So and, could, could, uh, a, could a regular person have a pump-action shotgun at home for self-defense? It's interesting you said pump-action shotgun because, oddly enough, they were outlawed and sent to a category of occupational use only. Um, you can have a pump-action rifle, but not a pump-action shotgun. You can have a lever-action shotgun. Um, so the laws are full of silly quirks. Jeez. Um, but not for the purpose of self-defence. You know, We have in our family you know, shotguns, rifles, handguns, um, but none of them can be... Your genuine reason can never be for the purpose of self-defence. Now, you, uh, if you, it happened to be accessible and you needed to use it, well, that would be the same as having a baseball bat or uh, anything else. But even in Australia, having a baseball bat for the purpose of self-defense is not legal either. Wow. So, really? So, so yeah, David. It's, it's just how you look at the laws. But, David, so you're at home, you're relaxing with your family, three thugs break in, and you shoot all three of them in your house. Does that mean you go to jail? Well, you've made the assumption that I've shot them and my wife didn't get them first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we've both spent several you know, several times we've been to Gunside Academy, so we're sort of not too bad ah, at that stuff. Okay, so the wife shot done, all three done, of them. A, <laughs> yes, so I'm trying to bail her out. Um, you would probably... in. I mean, look, there's a case in North Queensland where a young fellow let a woman into his house that was being chased by some individuals who were wanting to do her considerable harm. Mm -hmm. And in the dark, he grabbed a knife out of the knife block in his kitchen and these two guys didn't survive. One ran away. He has not been charged. However, the normal process would be to run you through the courts to determine whether or not it was murder or manslaughter. Mm. If you do everything right, you should be able, if you do everything right, of course, and that applies in the US as well. If you do everything right, you should be acquitted. But you'd want to do everything right. 
but you got to go through all the hoops. I mean, you're protecting yeah. yourself, your family. That's like crazy. Yeah, it's it's if you think about somewhere like uh, I don't know Louisiana or Georgia or somewhere compared to New York or Los Angeles, you know, um, California. Mm-hmm. And just keep coming along the spectrum of craziness a little. We're probably just a little slight bit further crazy than, say, California or New York. So earlier you said that if you're going to shoot IPSC or some kind of competition, um, that that is a possible reason you could own a handgun. Could could you say, hey, look, I want to start shooting IDPA or I want to start shooting IPSC competitively, therefore I need a 9mm Glock? Correct. Correct, and in our case, you know, we've got 1911s, we've got some M&Ps, and we've got some 22s and other things too. But yes, and and we do, you know, enjoy running around the range doing competitive shooting. Um, but we have to be a member of a pistol club and you know do some competitions each year just to justify that, of course. So they just kind of recategorized and put a bunch of red tape in front of gun owners that you can still generally own a semi-automatic rifle you can generally own a semi-automatic pistol um but you, you just have, there's a lot more red tape a lot more uh i'm guessing fees and 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 you know yes regulations involved. in other words you just can't own it you have to do something with it in a competitive fashion to keep it correct um now semi-automatic rifles you'd need to be a farmer or a feral pest controller I mean, we don't have any for our farm because it's just too much paperwork for the little bit of use, et cetera. But, hmm. um, you know, you, people that like going hunting and what have you, there's not really a lot of paperwork. Um, we do have um, pump rifles and bolt-action rifles, but we don't have pump shotguns available if you want to consider the non-occupational. If you split it into occupational and non-occupational groups, um, but you can have semi-automatic handguns, of course. Which is ridiculous. I mean, it dep- depending on who, you, what anti-gun person you talk to during what era over the last 40, 50 years, you know, a pump-action shotgun is supposed to be, you know, one of the non-threatening firearms that's okay to own. But unless, you know, you're talking to an anti-gun person in Australia, which really, I mean, when there's such a divergence in, in opinions, it, you know, I think it really points to, you know, the other side doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. And that brings me to one one thing I really like on your website is the uh, one of your goals is anti stigmatization anti stigmatization, which um, you know when they start talking you know like I said when one group says some shotguns are good and some are bad and pump actions are okay but no 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 they're not okay in this situation um, all that really is is based on, what, what they're trying to do is stigmatize what they're trying to do is is uh, make things seem bad even though they aren't really. Um, and you know, talk a little bit about that, especially after all these horrible laws passed. What was the what was the public's reaction? Did that stigmatization stick, or uh, was there uh, has there been a backlash against it? Or talk a little bit more about that. I think over time, initially, you know, we're talking about a, a generation or so of change. Over time, the media and I would have to say the anti-gun brigade here, aided and abetted by what goes on in the U.S., and just think of whatever happens in the U.S., there's not much of a barrier besides the Pacific Ocean to here. So things that go on there happen here. You know, black rifles 
scary black ARs. You know, they're, it's just, it's rhetoric that has probably come from the US has been picked up by the anti-gun brigade here. And that didn't happen initially, but it was used to change the narratives yeah. of the way the majority of people, so people that just aren't interested, if you can convince them that these guns are scary and evil, you know, the term assault rifle is, I mean, we all know amongst ourselves that's just a stupid thing. It doesn't exist. Um, the, and, and that was created to demonise a sector of the shooting fraternity. These terms and the media, the media are always on the anti-gun brigade side, so they keep perpetuating these myths. And that's really only kicked off probably in the last 10 years. And what we're aiming to do is renormalise. See, growing up as kids, I mean, I learned to shoot with air pistols at, I might have been 10 years old. Um, we used to shoot cane toads with an air rifle by the hundred. Um, you know, most kids in the bush were all shooting rabbits or whatever by the time they were 10, 11, 12. It was a normal thing to do. It was normal in our culture, just like it is or was um, in most of the US. So we're trying to renormalize it. You know, we have everybody from uh, most of my pilot friends. I mean, this is something interesting. Uh, Shooting is a three dimensional sport, particularly clay target, and flying aeroplanes is a three dimensional task. And it's surprising the number of my aviation colleagues that are. Um, shooters, but they don't talk about it because you're demonised or you're looked at funny. Mm, you're a gun owner. What sort of crazy are you? And even so much as one of my best mates, it, it took me, I don't know, seven or eight years to discover that he was actually an avid, a complete Second Amendment-loving gun owner and an airline pilot. Second and Amendment loving. Know, That's funny. It's funny that you use that yes, term in Australia. Oh, yeah, we are. A well-regulated <laughs> militia being necessary. Yeah. Good for <laughs> we, you. There are some of us that actually, yeah, absolutely. I've got the Constitution framed on the wall here, by the way. <laughs> um, but we we would all, you know, in our own way, enjoy the, the shooting sports or some people enjoy collecting or, or whatever it is. But we keep it to ourselves because over time you were demonised. And uh, Shooters Union's really trying to renormalise. You know, we, we got accused of trying to normalise the shooting sports by an anti-gun brigade uh, representative on national TV one day. And Graham Park, our, uh, my colleague and president, he just retorted back quick as a flash and said, "We're not trying to normalise anything. We're trying to renormalise it." Nice. You know? And wow. and I think. I think that's something that needs to be probably in your part of the world. But last time we were at Gunsight, we were shooting with a lot of guys from San Diego, military guys and what have you. And they sort of made the same sorts of comments that, you know, we need to renormalize this. And well, it's not for everybody, but for those, those that love it, don't demonize well, it. Well, you know, we touched on science. You talked about the statistics. 
you know, we touched on the actual nuts and bolts. We talked about, uh, you know, pump action shotguns versus any other shotgun. Um, none of it makes sense. And all it, really all they have left is the, the stigmatization. So I'm really glad that you guys put that as a part of, uh, of what you're trying to do. I think it's extremely important and I appreciate everything that you're, that you're doing. So, uh, what's your, what's your website if people want to check, check out, uh, what's going on down in Australia? Shootersunion.com.au. And, uh, we, we really do appreciate support from the U S because, and, and to be honest, Politically, you guys, I know you guys are obviously strongly advocating politically in, the, in your part of the world. It is essential for the rest of the shooting sports around the world that you guys remain strong because the majority of the industry comes out of the U.S. Yep. So, and, and people watch uh, yeah, us. Yeah. People watch us. And if we don't yeah. stay, stay strong and fight for the right things, then they'll take over. And we're not going to let that happen. Hey, David, that was well, an awesome... That was an awesome, awesome interview. Thank you very much. Uh, we would love to chat with you more down the road, and I'm sure we'll be reaching out. Well, you know how to find me. Have a good afternoon. All right, sir. You too. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. folks welcome back to gun owners radio right here on fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer did you know firearm policy coalition is one of the key plaintiffs in uh, rena versus bracera the california gun roster lawsuit firearms policy coalition has been on fire filing a ton of lawsuits here in california and across the nation to protect your second amendment rights Together, we are working on all levels to restore your self-defense rights, so we need your help. Join Firearms Policy Coalition now. Become a member today by visiting their website at firearmspolicy.org. All right, Mike, who's your next uh, interview? We have uh, Perry Yee from Active Valor. Perry, how's it going, man? Good, my friend. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the radio. How was your Thanksgiving? Of course. It was uh, fantastic, actually. Got a still full from our <laughs> meal today, but uh, can't argue there. I had a great time spending with family. And how was yours? It was. Uh, it was good. It was all right. Oh, you had a tummy. Ache. I had a tum. All right. I had a tum tum ache. <laughs> it's horrible, but oh well. So let's tell everybody who Perry and Active Valor are. Uh, Perry, you're a, a veteran for the U.S. Navy. Um, got out and started Active Valor. Can you tell everybody uh, tell everybody about Active Valor? What do you guys do? Sure. And, yeah. and why so did we, you start yeah. it? Why did you start it? What was your reasoning? All right. All right. So we're a nonprofit here located in uh, San Diego County, and we have a mentorship program that takes transitioning veterans, and we pair them as ongoing mentors to a child that has lost a parent overseas in combat or to PTSD-related suicide while serving on active duty. Um, we started back in summer of 2016, so going on our four years now. And Man, just, it's been a, a crazy, crazy four years of building up the mission and uh, being able to 
to connect uh, these veterans with the Gold Star family community. Um, we started mainly actually for the veteran aspect. Um, like you said, I was uh, I served in the Navy for six years. Um, I was with the SEAL teams here in San Diego. And uh, after I got out, it was, you know, I faced the, the veteran challenges that a lot of guys and gals do when, when they get out. And that's really kind of not having that sense of, uh, of service anymore, a sense of a purpose and, you know, something higher than themselves that they're fighting for. And so we wanted a way to kind of help the veteran community to not only be able to, you know, utilize their skills that they've learned over their time in the military, but also to give them back to people in need, you know, and uh, we wanted to show the veteran community that their services are still very well needed in this, uh, you know, in this time. And um, so we just wanted to give them a mission and hopefully, you know, give them a chance to, you know, give back in a big way and feel like they're a part of something great again. So who do you, who do you guys give back to talk about the, the folks that you help? So currently we have, um, we have, just about 45 pairs um, within our organization. So um, what we do is we have an adventure-based um, program called Valor Adventures. And so they're outdoor-themed adventures here in San Diego. They're all spread out throughout the community. And um, so, again, we, we, we pair the veterans up one-on-one with the Gold Star kid. Um, and it, it's really an opportunity for them to connect with this, with these young kids. And, you know, these are um, you know, people that have walked in the shoes of the children's fallen parents have come from the same backgrounds. Um, and they're able to, you know, utilize their, their skill sets and things that they've taken from the military and pass it down to kids that don't have that type of learning anymore with their, their military parent now gone. So um, within the, these last four years, we've grown, um, We've, we've quadrupled our numbers and actually we quadrupled them in about you know, less than three years. And um, the very first event that we had with the veterans and the gold star kids was September of 2017. We had 11, 11 pairs, a part of our program. And so yeah, now we're currently up to about 45 and um, you know, it's just for, for me personally, it's, it, it has helped me to kind of find my purpose out of the military. You know, I've been able to kind of, be a part of something greater than myself now and in a turn, you know, be able to help out the the veteran community and the gold star family community as well. So you, so you have two sides here. You have, um, a family who, uh, who, who's lost a, a spouse could be a, a probably, probably most of them are, are dads, but the moms too. Um, and, and they were lost, uh, uh, in, during active duty in the military. Um, and so now you have a spouse, a single spouse, uh, raising a kid or two. Um, and, uh, that, that, that kid is, uh, you know, down a mom or a dad and probably, uh, you know, a little lost and a little sad. And on the other side of that, you have somebody that just got out of the military or, you know, served in the military, got out, um, and wants to continue to, um, serve, wants to continue to have, you know, uh, have a, have a, a purpose. I'm, I'm kind of generalizing, but wants wants to find, you know, a purpose, uh, that, that's more important than themselves, I guess is, is maybe the best way to put that. And you match these two up, <clears throat> you say, Hey, here's a family who is, who is unfortunately missing somebody. And here's a veteran who wants to, to help and, and, you put together activities for them to do and it, it kind of turns into like a mentoring or, or like a, um, you know, kind of a big brother, big sister kind of situation. And, and, uh, they form relationships and I've seen some of the testimony. First off, did I describe that fairly well? Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was 
pretty perfect right there. Um, and you know, one of the things that we kind of, as veterans, um, so all the kids that we have right now have um, unfortunately lost lost their fathers. Um, obviously, with you know the nature of the military, very heavily male influenced. Um, so all the kids we have have lost their dads. Um, so we have we have twenty six families total. Um, so yeah, like many many families have uh, multiple kids, two, three, some have four, that are part of the program. And so, um, yeah, we're able to kind of take, you know, these guys that have never met these kids' dads, you know, they've never served with them. Um, They didn't know them on a personal level, but just being, you know, from the the same background, from the military, serving in the same capacity, you know, they, as a veteran, you kind of feel like you have that duty and responsibility to be there for the families of your fallen brothers, you know, regardless of if you know know them or not. Well, let, let me just jump in here for a second, Perry. So, how do you fund? Yes, how do you fund this program? So we do. Um, we have a few different avenues that we have throughout the year. Um, every year, uh, minus this year with COVID, but uh, every year we do our um, an annual gala where we okay. come together, have a nice meal, um, share stories of you know what we've been able to accomplish over the years. Um, we've had you know guest speakers. Some of our gold star spouses have actually right. come and share their stories about losing. Um, losing their husband and what the program has done for them and their children. Um, we've have uh, we have a few different um, local companies here in San Diego that have been supportive of us throughout the year, or throughout the years. And so, we, I mean, we're really still working on you know how to expand our reach and how um, now we can kind of open it up to other people to be able to support our mission and what we do. And well, their their dinner, Dave. I'll tell you the testimonials that they have that you're not walking out of there triad oh god no i probably it's, couldn't even go yeah i probably couldn't so how do people it's fun but how do, it's really intense yeah but how do people help you that's i guess that was my point because if you're a, i'm sure you're a non-profit so consequently it's either donations or you know grants and things like that so if somebody that's listening would like to you know maybe lived it live that life and maybe didn't have the, the luxury of partnering with somebody as a mentor how would they go about helping Sure, and that would be just as easy as uh, going to our website, which is uh, activevalor.com. Um, we have a few different ways for people to get involved. Either they can simply be you know, monthly donors, or they can donate to um, our specific events that we do and become you know, uh, title sponsors. We've had a lot of different companies come out and say, hey, I want to I want to sponsor your next adventure. And so, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they give is going to cover things like, you know, food for everybody, all the gear we need for all the kids and the veterans, all the activities we have for the kids and for the Gold Star spouses as well. And, um, you know, we also want to be able to share what we do with with our sponsors and donors as well. You know, I mean, accepting checks is fantastic, but mm-hmm. we want to be able to offer volunteer opt- uh, opportunities where you can come watch the adventures, see firsthand mm-hmm. what your contribution is doing for both these communities. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to reach out to you probably next week, Perry, because I'm involved with a lot of the local racetracks, and I'm sure some of the kids that you're dealing with would love nothing better than to get behind the wheel of a, a dirt car, sake, for example. Oh, that's good. Oh, I can, they would love that. <laughs> I know. All, all the kids are super adventurous. I mean, they love being able to have just, you know, opportunities that, sure. um, you know, you might not be able to get elsewhere. And one of the, one of the biggest focuses um, of us is just kind of building relationships. But what we what we don't want to do because there's other organizations out there that do focus on this, but um, for the gold star aspect of our program, we don't want to focus on the grief. You know, we don't right. want to focus on right. the loss that they've had to suffer. 
um, when they come to Happy Valor, they know that they're they're going to be with their mentor. They're going to have an awesome day. They're going to have fun. Right. They're going to be well fed. And, you know, they, they want to just create these positive memories for their situation. Um, you know, they, they understand why they're with us, but at the same time, they know that they get to have experiences that other people don't because of this situation. All right, buddy. Well, da- I will definitely be calling you next week and we'll get him behind the wheel of a couple of dirt cars. I think that, that would be put awesome. A, put a I smile. appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. My pleasure, buddy. Hey, give that website out one more time. Yes, it's at activevalor.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook where we share tons of our videos and photos of what All we right. do. And it's a, probably the best way to follow our mission. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. And we'll be talking to you down the road, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. And don't forget, you can dial us up on uh, San Diego County Gun Owners website or just go to Facebook. We are live. Hey, did you know U.S. Law Shield is the title sponsor for Cover Your Ass Week? Well, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with comprehensive self-defense and coverages at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Get protected today with uslawshield.com. All right, Joe, Thanksgiving for gun owners? This ought to be good. So for, good. And for what can we be thankful all of my stuff is good. We need I, it all to be well, good. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, was it a good turkey recipe <laughs> or? Nah, this is a gun owner thing. We were, um, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, it's been not the greatest of years uh, out here. The, uh, you know, if you look at our, our rights have been trashed by this, this tyrant in Sacramento over this COVID stuff for a long time. We've got gun shortages. We have ammo shortages. Uh, us reloaders now have primer shortages. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you might think there's not a whole lot to be thankful for, but, uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, I want to take it the other way. I think there is a, a few things that we could be thankful for as gun owners. So I wanted to point them out. And, um, the first thing just to, to think about is, um, there's a number of, uh, legal challenges going on to these, uh, these goofy gun laws that we have out here. There's a challenge to the, uh, the assault rifle ban. There's a challenge to the, uh, standard capacity magazine ban, there's a challenge uh, going on to the um, what else did I want to say? The, Pistol uh, roster. The handgun roster was the other one, and there's a number of legal challenges going on, and um, and they're working their way through the courts. Uh, and I think you know we should be thankful to uh, you know organizations like the Firearms Policy Coalition, um, California Rifle and Pistol Association are heavily involved in that. John San Dillon. Diego, 
Yeah, San Diego County gun owners. That's where we're going with that. Is um, you know, involved in some of these, which normally it isn't our thing, but we are involved in these, and some of our members are actually plaintiffs, if I remember right. Right? Um, yeah, because uh, we're playing it. Everybody on the assault weapons uh, case is a is a member of San Diego County gun owners, and I think just about everybody on the roster case is a member. And then of course we're plaintiffs in both of those as well. So, um, so I think we should be thankful for that. Those are working their way through the courts, and um, you know, I think there's uh, there's things to be uh, hopeful for, I guess, along those lines. Uh, the other thing is the um, the justices in the Supreme Court. Uh, thanks mostly to President Trump, we've got a solid block of five constitutionalist justices on the Supreme Court now, and I think that's a good thing and something definitely to be thankful for. Uh, because I think what's going to happen now is uh, it's likely that you're going to see Second Amendment cases heard there in the next maybe year or two or three. And um, chances are really good that they'll rule correctly on those. So I think that's uh, another thing to be thankful for. And if you want a kind of a taste of how that's likely to go, um, they ruled uh, the other day against Governor Cuomo and his overreach um, with the, I don't know if you guys saw that, with uh, he was trying to... Um, I guess, restrict uh, churches and houses of worship. And um, the uh, Supreme Court ruled against him on that. And what's and he dismissed it as frivolous. Yeah, well, he said it was a conservative thing or something. Yeah. But if you look at the opinion, if, uh, and it's linked in the article that I wrote, um, if you take a look at what uh, Justice Gorsuch said about that, and uh, he talked about the Constitution um, being on, uh, what did you say, being on vacation, I guess, during this COVID thing. He said, you want to ensure that it doesn't become a sabbatical? <laughs> and um, he was pretty uh, critical. He threw some barbs at Chief Justice Roberts, who threw some back at him. But I think that's, if you look at that, I think that's the kind of rulings we can expect uh, going forward. So, uh, again, those are things to be grateful for, to be thankful for. Uh, along those lines, also, uh, again, thanks mostly to President Trump, we've got over 300 new um new uh, constitutionalist-type judges on the federal bench. Um, and many of them ended up uh, out here with the, uh, you know, our notoriously bad Ninth Circuit Court, uh, which used to be just full of uh, activist judges, is now almost 50-50 split now with um, constitutionalists and activist judges. So, uh, again, that's uh, something to be thankful for. Yeah, I don't think people really – the last two things, you know, uh, getting three justices appointed in four years uh, to the Supreme Court and – Fundamentally changing the makeup of the Ninth Circuit can't be can't be overstated. It's mm -mm. it's a generational thing, um, and it, it's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, so those are things uh, again to be happy and thankful for. I think um, looking at our uh, CCW permits here in um, San Diego County, uh, that's progressing in spite of the COVID and all the other things going on. We're up to uh, I think forty three hundred and thirty eight now uh, permits in the county. And, uh, and they continue to issue those every day. The um, We're holding our seminars still, some online, some in, in person, uh, the CCW seminars, and they're all very well attended. So these are good things. Um, and the CCW thing is important, too. I had a little uh, thing in the neighborhood uh, the other day. We had, uh, we had a high-speed chase end up, uh, come right down my street and end up down the end of the street. Hmm. And it was interesting, this, uh, this guy in some kind of black, loud sports car thing that Dave would like, uh, came tearing down the street about sixty miles an hour I down through our neighborhood. Don't know what kind of car it is. I wasn't. I wasn't there, so I have the excuse. I had okay. to hear all this from my neighbors when I got back. Um, but he uh, he wiped out trying to make the corner down at the end of the street. Started to go again, and one of the neighbors pulled out in front of him to block him. So the guy tried to go around the neighbor, 
and the neighbor T-boned the side of his car and pinned him there until the uh, sheriff could catch up with him. So uh, all that happened in the neighborhood. But what's interesting CCW-wise, because this kind of stuff doesn't happen in our neighborhood. Our neighborhood's pretty quiet most of the time. But um, <clears throat> one of the neighbors found a uh, handgun on the uh, in her yard from that guy. So that guy had a handgun and tossed wow. it. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. Because we've talked about, you know, do you carry it home? And I've written about that before. And, you know, I always carry it home. But, I mean, that's how fast that kind of stuff happens. And that guy could have easily jumped out instead of throwing the gun. He could have jumped out shooting the gun or grabbed somebody or done a number of things. Right. Um, so, uh, anyway, the, the idea that we are growing here still with our uh, concealed carry stuff is, I think, a good thing, something to be thankful for. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, COVID slowed them down a little bit, but uh, yeah, I think they're still issuing 100 or so a month, and, yeah. and I've, uh, they're – uh, they increase their staff. Um, they uh, and look for an acceleration probably in January. So, we, what what were we doing? 150 or so a month. Yeah, it varied from month to month. On average, about 125, 150, somewhere around there. So we're going to get back up to that and hopefully ex- exceed it going into 2021. So yeah, so those are all uh, good things to be thankful for. San Diego County Gun Owners continues to grow. We are up over what 2,200 members now. Um, Financially, we are okay in spite of having to, to lose our uh, our dinner this year and things like that. Easy so, for him yeah. to say. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I he re- was a big heart of it. Big I rescheduled it. with it three times. Or yeah. So. <laughs> right up to the end. Yeah. Okay. So the important thing is your neighbor that T-boned the guy, did he get in trouble for T-boning him? Um, I don't think so because he didn't say he wasn't uh, he didn't have his car for self defense. I think it was just something that was handy there. So be interesting to see what his insurance company will do. But um, you have to talk to him because the guy is I think he's about eighty years old. He oh. does he does a lot of block work in our neighborhood. If you come into our neighborhood, you'll see a half a dozen really nice patios and walls and things. And this guy's responsible for most of them. So uh, that was the hero of the day. The 80-year-old T-Bone, the guy? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that cool? So so I haven't seen him yet, but there's got to be a good story there. I never get that opportunity. And then, um, (laughs) you know, finally the – It's horrible, Dave. I'm sorry Other things um, (laughs) – well, I guess about being thankful for, you know, the uh, the election results – Probably the presidential election probably didn't go the way a lot of uh, people would like it to have seen it. It ain't over yet. Well, and that's true. And um, it, you better be thankful for that. That's that is one thing to be thankful for. And uh, no matter which way it goes, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, if it if it goes one way, we could have another four years of prosperity and growth. If it goes the other way, I think we may have somebody that's even more influential outside the White House than he was inside the White House. So Scary. lots of things to be thankful for. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, how can people find your blogs? They can go to San Diego County Gun Owners, uh, our webpage, sdcgo.org. Uh, go to the blog page, and uh, you'll find them all there. All right. And if you catch him on the street, he'll give you an autograph. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. P-R-M-I Mortgage. Remember that, because primeres.com backslash alpine. Because home mortgage interest rates have dropped considerably. And if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're even considering a reverse mortgage, give our guy a call. 
and you will find honesty all over the place. Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call, 619-722-1303, or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right. Hey, Mike, who have you got as our guest next? Well, we've had her on before, and we're having her back because she's so interesting, and she's got so much going on that we wanted to hear all about it, uh, especially going into the holidays. Uh, Julie Golub, are you there? I am. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. How are you? Very good, thanks. So for those who don't know you, I just wanted to read some of the talk talk a little bit about uh, your, your background. Um, you are in, you were the U.S. Army Athlete of the Year. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. What did you do for the Army? I was a competitive shooter, so um, got my, my teeth cut in the shooting sports and joined the Army right out of high school and got to chase my dreams and national titles, so <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Wow. What was the, you, what were you competing? What, what discipline? Uh, practical shooting primarily and also a little bit of speed shooting here and there. Very cool. And you have over 50 world and national titles as a competitive shooter. You're the only seven, uh, sorry, uh, oh, only seven division USPSA ladies national champion. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you are, it says here that you're a wife, a mom, a veteran, an author, and a host. And on your website, you have a lot of really cool things on your website. You have uh, videos and articles. You've written a book. You read, wrote a book uh, specifically uh, to uh, for parents with kids, uh, parents who are gun owners with kids, called Toys, Tools, Guns, and Rules. And what was the uh, what, what were you looking to accomplish with the book? Well, I'm I'm a mom, and uh, you know when you become a parent, I think y- your your eyes open up to the world of. Uh, of different ways that you can educate your children. And so for me, I was looking for a resource for my girls that kind of went beyond just the universal message of avoidance that we all teach our kids when it comes to firearms at a young age and give them a little bit more information to kind of, you know, temper that curiosity a bit and uh, really help them learn about firearms in a responsible way. And you do all kinds of articles, all kinds of resources. Your website's very, very cool, by the way. It's Julie Golub. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you bet. It's J-U-L-I-E-G-O-L-O-B.com, juliegolub.com. Um, you have an little article. This actually comes up a lot. I'm glad I, I saw it. I, I wanted to uh, ask you about it. But it looks like you have an article there called Shooting While Pregnant. Um, yeah. That actually comes up a lot. We do a lot of our – in San Diego, we do a lot of uh, educational shooting socials where we take people yeah. who've never shot before and we pair them with somebody who's experienced and they just, it's not, we, we don't like to, it's not instructional. It's not a substitute for a class. It's just a first time shooting experience just to kind of take the, uh, you know, the mystery out of it and kind of, you know, your big toe in the deep end. And yeah. um, pregnancy comes up a lot. A lot of pregnant women decide they want to go shoot a gun for the first time. I don't know what that's all about, but, <laughs> and I honestly don't know what to tell them. So what, what is the, is there a rule of thumb or what's, what's, what can you do? You know, it all comes down to communication, really. You need to talk to your doctor to figure out if you have any risks involved. You need to talk to your partner to make sure that you're on the same page. And then you also need to be aware of the potential issues involved, contaminants, lead, noise, that sort of thing. And then after you kind of put all that together, you can make the best decision for you. There's really no set guideline. I mean, I've known 
uh, moms that have raised world champions that have been running around competing until they were basically nine months. <laughs> um, uh, and then there are other moms that, you know, as soon as they became pregnant, they were, nope, no risks, no nothing. I'm not even eating runny eggs. No. <laughs> so it all comes down to what you're personally comfortable with. But the, the ebook and the articles, they, they kind of guide you through the issues that you should look into and the questions that you should be asking both of your doctor and for your partner. Interesting. Yeah. I, I never know what to tell them. I always say, you know, I, I think, you know, you got a, you got a little baby there, so probably better safe than sorry, but it's completely your decision and, and, and it's up to you there. I, it's my understanding. There's never been a definitive study or anything that's shown that uh, shooting while pregnant, that there's any kind of harm or anything that could come. Um, nothing like that. Right. It, you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, it's not exactly a very studied demographic, yeah. <laughs> women who shoot. Um, and, uh, and so, no, there isn't a lot of information. We do have resources uh, specifically with law enforcement guidelines in the military, mm. what they do when they have service members or members of law enforcement that, you know, don't shoot while they're pregnant, because obviously that could be a bad thing for a department or, you know, a unit. Um, but after that, um, you know, it, the big thing is being smart about um, who's going to be cleaning your gun. Example, you know, let your husband or partner or whoever <laughs> do that. You know, you don't need to be, you know, sitting there with a gun cleaner and, and, and doing all of the, the, the dirty work, that sort of thing. So you, you get a little bit of buy <laughs> on the gun cleaning business. But, um, you know, just being smart about it. I, I generally recommend that most women don't shoot indoors, especially when they're pregnant, because there's just that increased level of inhalation concerns with, you know, being indoors. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad that you addressed that, too. I really appreciative. So as a, as a wife, as a mom, as an author, as a host, you're a competitive show. Where do you, what's a typical day or what's a typical week look like for you? Oh, I, I have no typical anything. <laughs> uh, you know, it all changes. Um, a lot of the the year is based around the competition season, obviously different with COVID. Um, but I'll, I'll plan out my year and the major tournaments I want to compete in, create a training schedule. And then I work with a variety of companies. So I'm, you know, on call with them to do product reviews and uh, promotions, that sort of thing, or R&D. And then after that, you know, I enjoy a hunting season every now and again when I get a chance. <laughs> and uh, um, first and foremost, I'm a mom. So it, it's a lot of balancing and juggling. So I have to, I have to be on my toes, but it, I wouldn't change anything. It's awesome. So you get to travel all over the U.S. to go to different competitions? Yeah, I've been all over the U.S. And, and I've even shot on six continents. So it's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. How do we get you to Antarctica? <laughs> I know. I hear you can shoot a flare gun there, right? <laughs> I'm not picky. If it's got a trigger, I'll pull it. <laughs> so that's amazing. All right. So how does it, I, I don't know, you don't have to get too down into the weeds about it, but basically sponsors, they, they, they say, okay, great. Here's, here, you know, promote our product. And, and then they, they, that enables you to, uh, uh, to practice and to travel and to compete is that, is that basically the gist of it? They, they want you to they say, hey, here's our product. If you like it, great. Um, you know, we'll, 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 be able, we'll enable you to do all the things you need to do in order to uh, compete. Is that generally how it works? 
kind of. Uh, most of the relationships that I have have been, you know, in place for decades. So even pre-social media era. Um, and back in the day, it would be more newspaper articles and <laughs> radio shows like yours, uh, that sort of thing for exposure. Um, but nowadays, there's definitely an opportunity for somebody to try out a product. And if it goes well, it, affiliate programs and that sort of thing. But um, it's definitely uh, something that. Uh, puts me in a I'm very grateful for the position that I'm in because it does allow me to travel it does allow me to be able to shoot as much as I need to get as many rounds down range as I need to in order to be at the top of my game so how much do you need to shoot in order to be at the top of your game Oh, you're talking tens of thousands of rounds. Holy I mean, God. light years are 25,000 heavy years. I, it, while I was in the military, I shot 100,000 rounds in a year. Wow. And that's what, across disciplines or what do you, what do you mostly concentrate nope. on? <laughs> that was all primarily the handgun wow. um, and, the, and the sport that I was focusing on at the time. You know, it's it, there are so many talented shooters out there. And now more than ever, we're seeing so many young competitors juniors are really the ones that are pushing the envelope whereas i i view myself as a little bit of an old timer you know being a mom now <laughs> and being around uh, the sport for a long time but there's so much talent out there and it's really exciting so i don't even know honestly um you know if i decided hey i'm gonna shoot a hundred thousand rounds you know in, in a uh, in a practice scenario i mean i don't mean just you know burning a magazine but if i were gonna shoot a hundred thousand rounds in the year 2021, I said, Joe, Dave, I'm going to practice and I'm going to, you know, shoot 100,000 rounds in the next year. I'm not even sure, I mean, what I would do. Like, how do you know what to practice? So it's, it's funny. It, a lot of it comes down to fundamentals. So even though uh, in practical shooting, it, the sport in general is a lot of running and gunning, shooting windows through, shooting through windows and doorways, and you mm-hmm. never really compete in the same stage twice. Um, but at the same time, you have to be able to know how fast you can shoot on a target from anywhere from three yards up to 75 yards. So you're using a lot of basic fundamental training and those skills like drawing, reloading, magazine changes, shooting on the move, being able to get into positions, out of positions quickly. And so you just break down those skills, train those, and then when you go to competitions, whether they're local or regional, nationals, you name it, that's when you kind of put it all together and test it. Wow. What's the biggest mistake people make? Um, I think it's, you know, oftentimes because, you know, these are speedier shooting sports, they often go too fast. (laughs) You very rarely can miss fast enough to win. (laughs) Wow. Is there, I mean, is there something, the average shooter, is there something that by being a competitive shooter, you figured out that the average shooter just you know, messes up uh, frequently. Is there is there some kind of rookie mistake that that gun owners uh, you know make over and over and over again? Well, I think I don't know as if it's a mistake, but I will say this: that when you are active in a shooting sport, no matter what that shooting sport is, you are constantly handling a firearm in a competitive you know scenario. You you just gain this kind of confidence, and you don't have to think twice about where the magazine release button is or how to unload or load. And it all just becomes a natural thing and you get better and better at it. So it it translates over to even concealed carry life for me. I don't have to worry about, you know, can I, can I reload my concealed carry gun because I've done it so many times with my competition pistols and it, and that kind of translation and that confidence in gun handling skills is really, really valuable. 
That's awesome. So I want to in the next segment, I really want to talk about what you're up to, um, some things that you're promoting, some things that you're doing. Um, but uh, uh, stay with us. We're going to just go to the break real quick, pay some bills, and we're going to be back with Julie Golub. All right, folks. Okay. This is FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Well, folks, thousands of new gun owners just found out what San Diego gun owners already knew. A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. A.O. Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repairs, upgrades, customization, or Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword on Facebook or on AOSword.com. All right, we're back with Julie Golub. And you had another question? Yep. Check her out, by the way. Check out her website. It's super, super uh, useful. I really, really like your videos, Julie. It's at juliegolub.com, J-U-L-I-E-G-O-L-O-B.com. We were just talking about how much you practice, and one of the uh, one of the, uh, one of the most important things that, that you were saying that gun owners need is a comfort level with their firearms, which really just comes from good old-fashioned roll-up-your-sleeves training. And I, I can't tell you how much I agree. I years ago went to a four-day uh, shotgun class, and I remember going into it thinking, well, "What am I going to learn for four days about a shotgun?" You know, this seems a little ridiculous. And walked out, you know, first off, not knowing what I didn't know, and then after the shot after the shotgun class, after the four-day shotgun class, picking up my shotgun, and it felt completely and totally different. Mm. It was like putting a you know putting on a glove. It, it you know it, like it, the shotgun fit. You know, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, this big cold chunk of metal anymore. It was it was an actual tool I was familiar with. So I, I really appreciate that um, that advice, Julie. I think it's it's uh, extremely useful. So it's like immersion therapy, right? You, you know, it's exactly as you said. You don't know what you don't know. And uh, when you can spend that much time training with somebody who's very very knowledgeable, it's it opens up the world to you. So how much? So you're a competitive shooter. It's fun, right? Shooting's extremely fun. I think a lot of people look at it as as a sport or a hobby. You know, it's also a very practical thing. It's a very empowering thing. I mean, there are a ton of ways to describe shooting. There are a ton of reasons people get into shooting. When you turn it into a career, when it becomes a competitive career, and you know that that, that you've dedicated your life to. What happens to the fun aspect? You know, are there are there days it's grueling, or does it is it still fun every single time? Or you know, are there things that you do to make it fun? So it's funny, um, you know, when I was in the military, I certainly got burnt out on competing. There was a lot of pressure, and uh, especially when it's coming from above, and your you know, your your leaders are saying you got to win <laughs> all the time. Um, but now, as a, as a civilian, especially. Um, I am am driven. When I go to the range, it's my office, it's my work zone, and I need to get things done. The fun comes in when you hit that goal that you've been working for, or you have that aha moment in your training, like everything's coming together, or you stand on a podium, and it makes it all worth it. So, you know, in the beginning, when you're just casual, having fun, meeting up with your buddies for a monthly match, it is a total blast. The camaraderie is there. And the camaraderie is there even at the high level 
But when you're at that point, when you have very specific goals to win a national world title, the fun factor is different. The fun is in the winning, right? So it's all part of the journey. So there are some very obvious goals like winning a national title, <laughs> but what's a, yeah. <laughs> what's an example of a uh, of a more of a smaller, you know, maybe a daily or a weekly goal? What's what's a goal that, that you've met where, you know, in, in your training or whatever, where you've thought, oh, man, that's the, perfect. That that's really satisfying. Well, you know, it's it's the little victories, right? So if I shoot a specific course of fire in action pistol, for example, that has a perfect score, and I manage to shoot all X's, that center black ring, on all of the shots at a certain yard line, I can go, yes, that's what I need to do. All right now I need to do it all the time. Um, <laughs> but it's those little things that you have on the range that you can celebrate. The other really neat thing about the shooting sports is that there are classifications, so you don't have to go in expecting to win a world title anytime soon. You can go in and compete with peers at your same level, which is really, really comforting and nice. So you can kind of make that gradual progression towards improving your skills and, and meeting tiny goals along the way. So that you're constantly, one, having fun, and two, making that progress that you're looking for. Do you still show up at, like, uh, you know, little local matches that are open to anybody? When I can, being a mom makes it pretty challenging. Um, but when I can, it sure is a lot of fun. Yeah. I was like, I always liked hearing stories about like, uh, you know, Scotty Pippen showing up on a, on a, you know, <laughs> you know, on a, on a pickup game out in the middle of nowhere or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I always wondered if, you know, when you show up, are they like, Oh, come on. And there or is, is it, you know, is it, is it tough when you're, no, it motivates them. It motivates them. I would imagine <laughs> the big dog is here. We got to take her down. Let's go. Come on guys. You know, it's funny because it's that the shooting sports are the one place that, you know, you can have national and world champions show up and they're just, I mean, they're paced in targets and set in steel. Like just like everybody else, they're going to run the timer for you. They're, you know, they're just part of the squad, unlike, you know, in golf or some other places where they're segregated, right? So mm. it's pretty neat that you get to share that experience with everybody. That's cool. Who's a, who's a, who's a competitor that, uh, that you've gotten to know real well that you, uh, that you really like or keep in touch with? Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> You've heard of Rob Latham, I'm sure. Yeah. We're, we're buds. Jerry Mitchellick, all those guys. It, you know, it's, it's neat because I have obviously my friends and my life here at home, normal. Um, but I'm, when I'm on the road, I get to meet up with all my shooting buddies too. So it's really great. That's so, cool. So who, do you, who, who challenges you when you're in a competition? Is there any one guy or girl that's uh, in your competition that you just have to beat or just need to beat? I, I never think about people. I think about my game. I feel like that's the major. If you are working at beating someone, yeah. then you're never going to reach your full potential yourself. So you just got to stay in your game, realize what your your weaknesses are to work on them, but play to your strengths and just constantly push. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. And in your pistol that you – well, maybe I should ask you. What, what pistol do you use? <laughs> I don't want to assume. I <laughs> – I've shot uh, seven different divisions in, in practical shooting, so I've done everything from open race guns with red dots to revolvers. Um, so most recently, I've competed a lot with an MMP 9mm yeah. uh, from Smith & Wesson and in the carry optics division, which means you can mount a Trijicon SRO on top of it. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You've got a, you know, a rack gun, gray gun that you can grab out of your local dealer that's going to run and run and run and run it with a, a dot on top, which is fast and fun. I was going to say MMP. I can tell by your, uh, uh, you know, by by your your pictures, but I, I just wanted to make sure. So, 
Um, so what's your focus going into the holidays? What's your focus going into 2021? What, what are you looking to accomplish or what are you looking to grow as a part of, you know, who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, you know, this is kind of the down season normally anyway. And again, COVID has changed everything for this year. The lot of most of the competitions that I was signed up for had been canceled. And so we're kind of going into 2021, not really sure what's going to happen in a lot of ways. It's a world championship year. Uh, for me. And so it's one of those things like, hopefully I'll make it to Australia, but I'm not sure if they're going to have the match right now. Mm. <laughs> so it's a lot of it's up in the air. But another thing that I, I am really involved with is working with various different sponsors and a project that I've been really focused on lately is uh, Gun Smarts by Smith & Wesson, which is really kind of an introductory guide for new gun owners who are looking for information but may not be ready to sign up for that class just yet. And so it, it answers a lot of those questions that they have in quick, short-minute, three- to five-minute videos online, and it's been a lot of fun. Wow, that's cool. So when, when is that expected to come out? Oh, it's out already. Oh, it so is it, out. It's, uh, yep, Smith & Wesson, Gun Smarts. You can Google their YouTube channel, and, uh, we gosh, we have, I think, 20 videos or more up already. Everything from gun safety and children and guns to how to load a, a plus one, because <laughs> a lot of people don't know what that is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just different different questions that a lot of new gun owners have. So we're kind of answering those in a, you know, an easy, light-going way kind of thing, and, and hopefully it's reaching a lot of people. That's awesome. I, I really do like your content a lot. It's very, uh, very plain spoken, uh, very easy to understand. And there are questions that I think um, some people are uh, some some people think that they're supposed to know, so they're afraid to ask. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you have a you know sighting in your your hunting rifle, you know that sort of thing. Federal ammunition introduces. Uh, a new uh, 1628 gauge upland hunting loads. I mean, stuff like that where you're doing reviews and you're answering questions that, uh, again, people uh, people need to know. I, I really appreciate your content a lot. Well, how do you come up with the ideas, or, or what uh, uh, you know, what what gives you the ideas to uh, uh, to write about? A lot of times, it, it, you know, a lot of the product driven stuff is from sponsors, but social media is great. I mean, all you have to do is ask your people what they want to know, and they will tell you. Um, and it gives you a lot of great ideas to, to, you know, to touch on, whether it's in a blog post or in a video, and give them resources and answer their questions. It's, I think one of the best things that's ever happened for gun owners is that we do have this, granted, it's, you know, challenging at times, uh, but we have this way to communicate with each other that we never had before. Yeah, I feel like you interact with, uh, with the public a lot, too, which I, which I think is really cool. I try. <laughs> do you uh, do you get recognized ever? You ever walk through an airport and get recognized or anything like that? I, I have, and it's usually on the way to Shot Show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but most of the time, normally not so much. But uh, definitely on the way to Shot Show. <laughs> How bummed out were you that Shot Show got canceled? Uh, you know, it's it, it's been such a crazy year that nothing surprises me anymore. Um, but, you know, I think that the industry is in a good place and they're focused and the NSSF has done an incredible job uh, on behalf of the industry. So it's sad that we won't get to all meet up and uh, that sort of thing. But there'll still be fun stuff coming out and uh, it just it'll just challenge us, you know, and challenges are good. 
Yeah, I feel, yeah. This they're going to be back next year, and everything's going to be fine. They're already talking about uh, uh, you know uh, rolling out uh, you know the medication and everything. I think we all thought this was going to be over uh, after uh, what November there, but uh, um, you know I really we we got to be on the downtick here. I mean, this can't last forever. Do you think it's going to change uh, competitions or shooting or, or, you know, any part of the industry forever? So, you know, it's, it's funny. Some, some shooting sports in particular have just gone on business as usual. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there has been a reduced participation level for sure. They're not selling out and uh, you know, they're not, everybody can travel, you know, regardless Uh, you're losing an international contingent when you're hosting events that they can't come over for. I mean, let's face it, a huge portion of the world can't travel right now. And so that's challenging, but I think we'll figure it out. I I think one of the hardest parts for the shooting sports in general, because we're not like a big NFL or, or a basketball team that can go travel and be quarantined for three days or four days, whatever it be, you know, we're not a team. So we're individuals having to work through these things. Um, But I, you know, I think we'll we'll figure it out. We'll land on our feet, and uh, you know, we'll just nothing can keep shooters down. You know, we we always find a way to get out there and have some fun. I'm looking forward to some expansion of some maybe virtual competitions because I think that would be really neat. And it's a realm we haven't really seen anybody touch their toes in, um, and so it would be neat for people to be able to. Oh well, I can sign up and you know shoot at my local range and submit this target and you know go in for a virtual competition somehow. That would be neat. Well, I really appreciate it, Julie. Everybody check out her website, Julie Golub, J-U-L-I-E-G-O-L-O-B.com. You have uh, some some really fantastic content. I really appreciate uh, the articles that you've written. I, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta say that it's the, my second favorite Second Amendment content next to the gentleman I'm here in the studio with, Joe Dramisi, who, who writes fantastic <laughs> articles. But uh, you're doing such a good job, and I really appreciate everything you're doing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. In our next segment, we're actually going to have my uh, my uh, my nephew on, who's 21 years old. We have him on every week, and we people write in uh, questions, and we try they try to stump my nephew. And so far, <laughs> with gun <laughs> trivia, and he's a, he's like I said, he's 21 years old, um, and uh, he's almost unstumpable. So uh, anyway, appreciate you coming on so much, Julie. Thank you. No, thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to try to stump my nephew. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, fastest two hours you'll ever spend. All right, folks. Hey, Seal One is our newest sponsor, and we can't thank them enough. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Seal One was founded by a Navy SEAL here in San Diego, and all their products are made in the USA. Seal One is also a strong supporter of SDCGO, San Diego County Gun Owners. So we are very proud to have them on board. So clean your guns faster, better with Seal One. Get some on the website at sealone.com or your local gun shop. And if they don't have it, yell at them. Ask them to get some. Yeah, Seal One's the best. Absolute best. I know. As much as you like cleaning guns. 
<laughs> you found a product you love. Yeah, it works really well. And uh, Dwight's the best locally. If you, yeah, if you don't know how to find CO1, uh, just get a hold of us. We'll uh, tell you exactly where to buy it and how to get a hold of it. All right. So every week, stump my nephew with Sam the Gunman. Sam, are you there? Yep. How are you guys? Fantastic, man. How are you? I'm, you know, living the dream out here. Yeah. How was Thanksgiving? It was nice. Yeah. How's your trigger? Am I allowed to ask about that? Yeah, you are allowed to ask about that. Or will that trigger you? Um, it's pretty triggered. I'm going to have to get on the phone with uh, Ghost Inc. customer support. Really? What happened? Tell Give, give everybody the 30-second uh, version. So um, there's this company called Ghost, and they make trigger connectors for um, like Smith & Wesson M&P pistols and Glocks and, and some others. And I have a Glock, and I decided, well, you know, I might as well swap out the trigger connector. This is a, a cheap piece to buy, and if it'll uh, improve my trigger pull that substantially, like they claim, then, uh, you know, why the heck not? I dropped it in, and um, it made my trigger pull heavier. <laughs> Oops. So, so you found the, the one? The aftermarket trigger connector it made my trigger worse than the OEM component. I was going to say, you found the one uh, aftermarket component that could make a Glock trigger worse. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a Gen 5 trigger, so it's already not bad, but yeah. I was hoping to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, you, you think it's a malfunction on, uh, or like a manufacturing problem, or you think it's uh, – well, I guess you're going to find out. You're going to call them and uh, see how good their customer service is. I guess so. All right, well, I'm sorry that happened. Are you sure it's not operator error? I just thought I'd throw oh that gosh. out there. Well, I had to I'm sure it. it's operator error. Um, you, uh, you squeeze the thing until it goes click. <laughs> well, then, then you better yell at them. Yeah, I think I will. All right. Nail him, Michael. I know, right? You ready? All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to stump you. You ready? Okay. This is from Jose in Lakeside. He writes in, his question is very simple. Uh, what was the first breech loader to be a standard issue United States military firearm? That was uh, Jose from Lakeside? Yes. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, now, the... As far as I know, the standard, the first breech loader that was standard, uh, that was a, a standard long arm across all of the U.S. Army was the Trapdoor Springfield. But there were breech loaders in use by American forces during the by um, U.S. forces during the Civil War, such as the uh, Sharps carbine, the Spencer carbine, and um, some Henry repeaters in isolated units. Now he says. And he actually he's provided the the backup here that it's actually the model 1890 Hall breech loading rifle designed by John Hancock Hall during the period of 1811 to 1818. It utilized a simple pivoting deep board breech lock at the end of the barrel that could be tipped up, loaded with power powder and ball, and then moved back down to align itself with the bore. This allowed the gun to be loaded without the soldier having to stand up and be exposed to harm while loading the arm with a ramrod for the muzzle, as had been the practice for centuries, a distinct advantage. So I think he stumped you, man. Yeah, I am, I am familiar with the hall. Um, it, yeah, that, that is a correct answer. Um, like, <laughs> I said, like I said earlier, um, the reason I, I, I gave the answer as the Trapdoor Springfield is because it was the first that was standard issue across the entire um, the, across all U.S. ground forces, but yes, there uh, there were um, hull breech loaders in uh, in use by American forces before that. 
Well, Jose from Lakeside, we're going to get you a San Diego County Gun Owners shirt, and we're going to get you a membership to Front Sight. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> all right, Sam. Well, that's okay. Can't win them all, although you almost have. Uh, but uh, good job, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. What do you got lined up for this week? Anything exciting? Anything gun-related? Um, no, you know, just uh, school almost wrapping up the semester here. Um, and that's uh, kind of a drag, but, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, good job, man. We're going to have you back on next week like we do every week. We're going to have a uh, an even harder question. Oh, boy. Yeah, all right. right. All right, buddy. You take care. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me on, as always. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Well, another great show. That yeah, was. In the bag. And, folks, if you are listening on Facebook, YouTube, or on the podcast, do us a favor, hit like and subscribe button, and then share the show with all your friends because it's important. Yeah, and active valor. We, you know, we we talked to Perry earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody, take five minutes. Yeah, go to activevalor.com. Uh, give them twenty five bucks. <laughs> I mean, everybody, every one of us can afford twenty five bucks. Yesterday Absolutely. was was Giving Saturday or whatever they call it. Um, Actually, it was small business. Small whatever. Go give him twenty five bucks. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's really important now too, amid uh, all this COVID stuff, because a lot of groups like um, Active Valor, yeah, you all know, of them depend. Yeah, and uh, like I know out in Lakeside, the uh, the rodeos both got canceled. Yep. That money all goes to the kids out there in Lakeside, and uh, you know, both of them gone this year. Yep. And a lot of these, um, like I said, these kinds of uh, organizations that do that kind of work got really goofed up this year with the good yeah active valor uh they they have a big dinner like we do and they had to reschedule it as well in fact we have this uh unfortunate knack of scheduling our dinners on the same day we're gonna uh our my new year's resolution is to make sure that that doesn't happen but san diego county gunners we always sponsor a table at active valor's dinner and uh it's always a lot of fun so like i said go to active valor uh uh and uh make a donation these guys are doing uh fantastic work I'm actually checking to make sure that it's at, yeah, it's activevalor.com, activevalor.com. And again, 25 bucks. Everybody yeah. here's got 25 bucks takes 5 minutes. Yeah, it's it's not even great, breakfast. doing great work. Doing great work. Right. So, so kick one breakfast and you can do it. Uh, yeah. Is it a $25 breakfast? Yeah, you've been buying breakfast lately? <laughs> <laughs> Can't afford it apparently. I know it's $25 or lunch or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, another fantastic show. Folks, go to uh, sdcgo.org. You can check out the show there or any of our podcast platforms. You can hear the show. And, again, if you have questions, concerns, or if you want to try to win something, just go to uh, gunownersradio.com, and you can hook yourself up. It's just such an awesome idea. And we really, really, really want to thank our sponsors, Firearms Legal Protection, they're at firearmslegal.com. And, of course, San Diego County Gun Owners at sdcgo.org. U.S. Law Shield at uslawshield.com. Cali Key at k-a-l-i-k-e-y.com. PRMI Mortgage at primeres.com backslash alpine.com. Uh, the Dillon Law Group at dillonlawgp.com. Ale Sword Firearm Store at aosword.com, Firearms Policy Coalition at firearmspolicy.com, and SEAL1 at seal1.net. 
Really, really want to thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Jeremisi, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas. And again, go to gunownersradio.com for the podcast and the latest information. And next week we'll be on Facebook again. Make sure you uh, tell your friends. You can get it. Just go to stcgo.org. Click on it, or we usually have a post on Facebook. And it's real easy to uh, just hit it, sit back, relax, and take a listen to the show. You got anything exciting next week? I, you know what? We actually have to announce a winner. We forgot to announce the winner at the uh, top of the hour. Winner of uh, the next belt that we reviewed last last week. Oh yeah, we have a winner. If you're Dave out there, Dave Stahl. <laughs> if you're out there, Jason Nam Double Zero. I don't really? know what kind That's of name, name that is. I think it might be Irish, but you think? I don't know. But uh, if you <laughs> maybe from Australia, if you're if you are Jason Nam Double Zero, you know who you are. So you won the next belt. Congratulations. Wow. We're going to make sure to get that to That's you. That's a and, cool belt. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. So I need to order one. Congratulations. I need that ratchet. Uh-oh, by the way. I'm not happy with those four My uh, uh The uh, uh, Sam, my nephew, Yeah, his mom's not happy that he got stumped. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you're in serious trouble. That's right. Jose, you've made an enemy. Yep, you sure have. <laughs> you've upset uh, Mama Bear. Oh, you don't want to do that. All right. Hey, don't forget, Bob Siegel is in the house. He decided to come in tonight, and I'm sure he's full of all kinds of interesting things to chat about. It's never a dull moment when you're hanging with Bob. All right, don't forget, folks, any podcast you can hear the show, just put in there, Gun Owners Radio, and we'll be happy to let you hear it again. I want to thank everybody uh, at the table for a wonderful show, and we will be back next week right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Gun Owners Radio fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.